Hello, ladies and gentlemen, out there in podcast land. My name is Leroy, and it is a pleasure to be with you guys once again on the Time Enlightenment How Poetry Found Me podcast. In this particular podcast, I focus strictly on you being able to write your life, if not to publish, but to have something as a written record for your family. Of course, you know, people don't always have stories about you, but when you get a moment to just write your story down and try to leave a legacy for your family, then that'll, that'll be one way that they can kind of see what the thinking process was for you at any age in your life. And you try to recall specific events to make them relevant to the life that you live, and hopefully your family will be able to find some relevant material to their lives. The timeline and how poetry... How Poetry Found Me podcast is about me writing or me being given the permission to write books after losing my mother. Poetry became a way or the vehicle for me to remove all of the pain that I was carrying inside. And I don't want it to make it just sound like it was all pain and it was all rigorous or difficult. But pain was the fact that I lost her and I couldn't figure out why, you know, she left at the time that she did. My brothers and sisters went through the same thing. And as I stated on the previous podcast, my goal is to explain away my process. My goal is to address the title and the cover that I have for each book so that you could see the meaning behind how the universe gave clarity to me to take this journey and hopefully to have you to see as a reflection of the same journey that we all take. Don't you think that when someone writes something or constructs something for the world that it should be able to relate to whomever reads it? And I think that for the most part, it's pretty relatable. It's this thing that just come from me that, hey, for lack of a better phrase, man, that got me down or something that lift me up or something that made me go, wow, I was given permission to write that. And those things I have to be grateful for. And along the way, as you begin to invest in the series, I want you to be able to understand that your biggest investment is in you. Chasing your dreams is in you. And I always have to put like a cautionary tale on it though. Don't attach your dream to too many people and don't attach it to too many things. If you lose someone in the journey, it's going to affect your mind so much so that it may take you off course. And I got taken off course after losing my mom because so much was tied to her. And in this Episode three, I'm going to talk about volume two, and I'm going to talk about the cover of the book. And I just want to say up front that once you invest in the book, I want you to go to my website, www.timelightenment.biz, and take a look at what I've written for this first series, five volumes. You can order it through my website, which will take you to Amazon. 
or you can order the ebook from my website as well. That way you can get from the beginning to see how I evolved into a person that ultimately was given permission to write 16 books. Or you can go to Amazon and type my name, Leroy Fleming, and see for yourself the body of work that I have published thus far. All right, so with all that being out of the way, I just want to try to get into cover number two to volume number two to time enlightenment. Ladies and gentlemen, when I started volume number two, and I just want to say this up front, that I had written this a long, long time ago before I started publishing. I finished up what I thought was a great body of work or enormous pieces of writing, and then I got into the notion of wanting to publish it and see if it related to the world. And when I got to it, when I got to the cover portion of it, it was a young man named Corn. He did the first book and he also did the cover to the second book. And I said to him one day, I said, little man, look, I got this image in my mind that I want you to help me with. I said, for the second book, I want you to imagine a young man being out in the open field, sitting on a bench. And with him sitting on a bench, there are going to be two trees, one to his left and one to his right. And he's looking up at the sky and he's looking all the way down to where the sun sets. And above the tree, there are going to be two birds. And the birds are the images of thoughts. I said, can you pull that off for me? He said, well, I'll give him my best shot. He goes in. He constructs it for me. I think he may have to draw it twice. But by the time he got to the second one, it was a done deal. He sold it up for me right away. And the young man had such a focus when he was doing that. I was just amazed that he was able to pull it off as fast as he did. But it was his natural gift. He was a natural artist from the time that I met him. Have you ever met someone that when you saw them and they showed you what their gift was that you became amazed by that? Well, that's what this young man was to me. He just amazed me. And I like keeping him around to, to help me. And I go visit him and we go walk around and we go talking. But when he did this for me, he had done me a great service once again because it showed that the course that I was proceeding on when it came to the book was right along the spiritual lines of appreciation, appreciating my mother and all that she had done for me. And to appreciate the life that I had lived up to that point and the writing that was pouring out of me, I didn't even know it existed. When the universe taps you on the shoulder, or it taps your mind and it asks you to do something, all you're supposed to do is just respond to it. You have no control over how it comes out. You just have to respond to the calling that you were given. And when Quan constructed this for me and I got to look at it, then I begin to see the deeper meaning which I plan on sharing with you. When you invest in it, you're going to see a young man sitting on a bench and it's a silhouette of the young man, which is symbolic of anybody who's sitting down. And the main reason he's in an open field or he's open in nature is that his thoughts are carrying him beyond his normal everyday thinking. And with me, it's my mom and my life and my dreams and my goals and my aspirations and my family. 
And now how am I going to push forward to accomplish that now that she's gone? And when you see the sky on the book, you're going to see a partly sunny sky and you're going to see the horizon and you're going to see, you know, clouds. And that just simply represents that life is never going to be a clear sky for you ever. You got to have clouds in it because the earth itself fills with clouds so that we can have cover from the sun or we can have the rain that we need to fertilize the soil, so forth and so on. And it's a testament to that life has been going this direction since the beginning of time. It has not changed. And then there's two trees, one to the left and one to the right. And they're like physical trees, trees that you can normally see. That is a physical reality for us to live in. And trees are symbolic to the growth of life, to life being rooted to the earth, to the season change and the, the, the green leaves we have and the autumn leaves that we get from them as season change. And also just the fact that trees are beautiful when you really look at them, right? <laughs> trees are just truly astonishing when you look at them, the different variety of trees and the way a tree grows and when you walk up to it and you look at it. And I think in James Earl Jones, either autobiography or biography, he was talking about when he would go outside, he would slap a tree because it was a living thing. He would just slap it just to let him know that it was there. And then there's two birds, and these two birds are symbolic of the thoughts that we have. And our thoughts aren't always going to be on the surface like birds. They land in trees, but they have to take flight every now and then. And even though my life was was difficult with her passing away and me just trying to understand my dreams, I'm just looking at these trees and I'm thinking, well, why aren't my thoughts manifesting themselves? So the thoughts are just taking flight in the universal thinking of dreams and goals and aspirations. As to the direction of your thoughts, they could collide with each other, they could go parallel to each other, they could zigzag, they could do a number of things, but your thoughts remain your thoughts. And when you read any book of significance or just any book at all, it's just a compilation of a person's thoughts. They take you from the beginning of a story to the middle point of the story, which is the apex to the end. And they're always trying to explain to you meaning and what it means for you to live and exist in this world. When I saw this, I instantly thought that my life was messed up. I couldn't make heads or tails of everything that I was looking for. And the reason you see the bench and the guys is one day I was literally sitting in a park and I had two trees to the left and right of me and the sky was the way that it was. And it just reminded me, it reminded me of days going by. It reminded me that Somewhere in life, either at that time or before my time, that people always sat on benches to think about their life. They do some introspection. They do some remembering of the past. And ultimately, they try to see what the future may hold. And you may not always get that right, but it's an idea that you can think that you know what the future may hold. And when I saw this in my mind's eye, 
I saw that no matter what we say or do about life, it still is going to proceed. Whether you sit at that bench and you cry yourself into misery, or if you sit at that bench and you smile for happy times, it doesn't matter. Life is still going to proceed on at whatever state that you're in. But hopefully you're in a state where you can be happy about what was transpiring. I will admit that back in the beginning when I was writing, I couldn't say that I was happy. I was just trying to get rid of the pain that was causing me and the little bit of happiness that I could see through all of that. But it was mostly pain because my mom was gone. My brothers and sisters felt the same way. But we understood that this is just a part of life. And I just really want you to understand that when you begin to write your life, and hopefully through this podcast, you can understand the importance of writing. My job is to get you to understand the importance of telling your story to yourself or to your family. And if you feel deep enough and you feel strongly enough, you can get out and publish your story for the world. But at least you can have a written history of your life, which is what most people do that we consider to be important. But every human being is important. We may not have the things that other people have, but you're important because you're alive. And I just couldn't see that. And when I when I got done with that, then we proceed to the back of the book. And then on the back of the book, there's a picture of me once again. And I put myself on the book, not to show who I was or what I thought I could do. I did this, ladies and gentlemen, because I didn't have the heart in the beginning to put the one person that needed to be on the book, which was my mother. I had a picture of her, but I just wasn't ready to put her on there because when I would see the picture, I would fill up with tears. And I even get choked up now thinking about that. But I felt that putting me on there was easing my mind into trying to be able to find a position or a time that I could put my mother on the cover of the books that I had written about her. And on the back, you're going to see a picture of me. And it's kind of in it's kind of like a picture to see how I thought and where I am and and where I thought I needed to be. And this picture is significant because when it comes to volume three, it changes. And it's like literally one of my pictures. And I didn't even care how the picture looked. I just tried to choose something that could position me to be able to make the transition and to try to put the one person I love on the cover, which was my mom. And on the back of this second book, I have a piece that I'm going to read. It doesn't have all of it, but it's just four stanzas, and I'm just going to read you two, and then I'm going to read you one from that's inside of the book. And the, one on, on the, the title that's on the back of the book is it, titled, Let Things Be. And it starts off by saying, why don't we just let things be? I can't change you and you can't change me. This, my friend, is a reality. Check out your own mind. Then you will see just what I'm talking about. Nature is not what's being spoken of, nor are we talking about pure love. Perception is what needs clarity. 
our opinions to things that are clear. And the third one goes, you look at the world different than I, but the earth has been the earth for over a billion years. And when you think about it, you should be in tears. But we can't just let things be. Let things be was just me looking at the world and the world at large in terms of my family, my friends and the people that are around me, the working world, the the universe and things that are just outside of you, but it was coming from an internal perspective. And you can't really change someone. You can go and talk to them all you want, but you can't change them. Change has to come from the person. And no matter how we look at it, it still has to come from the person. You can give wonderful advice. You can give spiritual advice. You can give the deepest statement to a person that you want. But it doesn't change them until they wake up one morning and realize that I need a change. And then that person will change. And maybe it could have been something you said, but they go through the process of life of looking at themselves and then finally deciding that I need to change. I need a different perspective. They may call on the creator. They may call on their internal power. There's going to be something to draw them to make them change. And whichever way they change is the fact that they are going to choose to change. And I think that's what makes life beautiful, right? You get to choose when you want to change. Your parents and everybody could be with you, but you ultimately have to decide when you want to change. And then I'm going to go inside of the book. And what's inside of the book is the very first piece that I'm going to read from volume two. And the title of this piece is titled A Haze. My mind is in this haze and it's turning into a maze because I'm trying to figure out man's conditioning. This haze that's over my mind, will it be released through time? I stumble through life bumping into things, things that make you sad, angry, happy, and even pleasurable. We don't think life is dependable. All we think that love, or we all think that love has faded, and this has made us jaded. This haze can disappear in the blink of an eye like when you see the sun rise, when it's morning time and there's a mist in the air, when the sun power begins to shine, it burns away the mist, then the haze doesn't exist. When insight hits a hazed mind, it burns away the maze inside. You see clearer and life seems nearer. Love returns and never leaves. Just like the sun, a powerful stationary thing. This piece occurred, I was driving to work one day, and you know how when you drive and the clouds are low and it creates this mist. And I was driving in it, and it has a little fog, but as the sun began to ascend, that that mist that was there, it was slowly being dissipated by the the strength and the energy of the sun until it finally dissipated 
and then the drive was clear and all of the mist that was there was eventually gone. And my mind just related that to the mind that's inside. You are going to always have thoughts that are, that are going to condition us. And these thoughts are going to take us on a journey. And if we're not clear enough to understand the, the insight that's in us, then we'll continue to be in that haze until we wake up and see that the haze is actually a maze that has to be figured out by human conditioning. The sun, which is the light of this universe, which gives power to our planet, our minds is the same type of equipment. It's made to clear up all of those thoughts. That's why we have wise men and women in the world that have went into silence to retrieve from that which was internal to make it external so that you can see the world. Now, I wasn't conceiving these ideas when I was writing. I was just writing because the universe ordained for me to write that piece. And in writing that piece now, when I go back and I read it, I'm somewhat astonished of what was pouring out of me. And I just want to say this to you guys. When you are inspired, the pen has no way around it. It's going to express what it needs to express in whatever form it comes out. When inspiration takes over, that means it's being guided by something other than you, like the physical you. And when you let that guidance go through, you come up with what you needed to express at that moment. And these are moment-to-moment pieces for me. And when you read them, I want you to be able to understand that they're moment-to-moment pieces for you. But do they ring true to you when you read them? And when I go back and I review them, I am still amazed that I was given permission to do this. And the cover kind of goes with the content that's inside of each book. And you must understand that when you begin to take your journey and you begin to do your thing, that even if you feel that you are doing it all physically, there's a mental part that's helping you as well. But when you're doing it spiritually, the spiritual aspect exceeds the physical and the mental. And what I was, what I mean by that is when I was given by the universe that filled my mind up with a peace, I couldn't sleep until I wrote that peace. And that's not mental. That's spiritual. It was something that I needed to express that had to come out of me in order for me to obtain rest. And we're just in this world, ladies and gentlemen, to make the most of our lives. And when you begin to understand what turns inside and you begin to uncover that haze by using the light in your mind, then when the creator sees that, that becomes a blessing to to you and then a blessing to the world. I don't know what anybody's true gift is, and I would not try to spend time on any of my podcasts trying to do that. But what I would say is, if there's something that's speaking to you and you don't quite understand what it is, Write it out first. Don't even take no thought as to how it comes out. 
And if it's still there, then go back and read it and see what it's telling you. Maybe it's a formula to something, I don't know. But you have to find your gift. You have to find that burning desire in you, according to Dr. Hill, to understand that your life has has a meaning that that's equipped for you. Your, your parents may have influence on it. Your friends may have some influence on it. But you got to be able to take it for yourself and say, this is what I'm going to use. Ladies and gentlemen, this covers the cover to volume two, front and back. And also read you the very first piece that came out of volume two. I hope you get a lot of value from it. But I do know that if you go to the website and you begin to read them, you'll begin to see the value that you gain from reading the material that is before you. I thank you guys once again for logging on to the podcast through Anchor. I thank you when I share this on Facebook that you share with other people or you tell them to subscribe to Anchor and just listen to uh, two seasons, starting the third season, into me getting into how poetry found me. And it is so that you can find your voice that you can find your internal calm place to manifest your dreams. If you can find your internal calm place and then you begin to manifest your dreams, then the world at large will make sense to you. You'll begin to know that you are part of a magnificent plan because you are alive. Maybe we don't figure it all out in our lifetime, but we are supposed to. We're supposed to figure out in our lifetime. What exactly can I do that's going to make me happy? Even though it might be painful in the beginning, but what do I need to do to make myself happy? And that journey begins once you begin to really look inside. And I just encourage you also to make sure that your children can understand this as well. People talk about this all the time, but you want to make sure that you can actually give your family members an example of that, particularly if you wrote something and something became manifest, that they can see that chronologically, here's where you was and you scripted, and then this is what you made come true. That's why people have vision boards and they write out plans and agendas for what they want to see with their lives. And this is what we all should do. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a pleasure to share with you the Time Lightman Volume 2 in the five-part series. I'll be coming to you next time with volume three and explaining to you once again the picture that was drawn for this and the back cover portion of this and to just proceed on to volume five i hope that you have learned something from this i hope that you can share with someone and let them become inspired and let them understand that the life that you have is a life that you have and you have to make the most out of out of the heartbeats that you have every single day and understand that life is going to change No matter what we do, it's going to change. And no matter how we think about it, time will not stop until you stop. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Leroy, and I want to thank you. Please visit my website, timelightman.biz. You can order my book on my webpage, and you can definitely order my ebook on my webpage. And if you do at any rate, please send me a shout out on. Facebook telling me that you listen to the podcast, that you got the book, and tell me what you think. I think you'll thoroughly enjoy it. 
And I know that my brothers and sisters have enjoyed it. Hopefully after I get done talking about the five, I can talk to you about what my family thought about the material. Or I can take you through how I got them to read the material and what they thought about it afterwards. Ladies and gentlemen, I close with the three quotes that I use on my podcast continuously because they mean a lot in terms of just understanding who we are as people. The first one is from Dr. Napoleon Hill. He says, if the mind can't conceive it and believe it, then the mind can achieve it. If you see that you can write and you start writing it down and whatever you write down, you want to go out and make it manifest, then you will have the desire to do so. Antonio T. Smith Jr. says, you can't plant better You can't dominate. You got to plant positive seeds in your mind or you got to plant the seed that's going to give you the right knowledge to get you in the right place so that you can do the right things with your life. And it's not about dominating the people that's in front of you. It's about you being so dominant that you know that you dominate yourself and you don't need any help with that. And then therefore you can go out and impact lives with the life that you have. And mine simply says, and it's my quote, it says, life does not require less from you. Life does not require more from you. Life only requires that you maximize your 24 hours. And if you could do so, then everything that you dream and write will come true. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you. And I will see you guys or I will podcast you guys the next time and talk about the third time that I created an image from my mind and I got someone else to draw it for me. And this one was not created by Kwan. This was created by another young man that I know. And I'll be able to share that story with you the very next time I do a podcast. And I look forward to you guys, you know, subscribing to Anchor. I look forward to, to you to listen to the next three, the first two seasons, going to the third season, to see that the evolution that I went through to get to where I am now. Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, have an amazing life. Thanks and peace.